I think really at its core, the education system is broken, right? We are not preparing young people for the real world by giving them just even a basic understanding of how to navigate the financial landscape, um, how to balance a checkbook, how to uh, think about, you know, investing uh, in a in a retirement plan, because really, uh, at the end of the day, if you start early, you uh, because of compounding interest are going to make, I mean, hundreds of thousands more than people who start late. But most people don't even know that. Welcome to the Become a Media Maven podcast. In this episode, I will introduce you to Charlotte DeMocker. She is the co-founder and COO of Penny. Now, Penny is an app that makes learning about money easy. It gives you the tools that the education system does not. You hear from real life people on savings, business, investments, and more. It's not a podcast, it's an app, but it is audio focused and you will have one topic from one person in an album. And while that person is speaking on this topic, so I'll give you an example. One person is a real estate investor who empowers young entrepreneurs nationwide. So he's talking about real estate investing, talking to young entrepreneurs in his album. And his album is broken up into maybe 12 different tracks, like a CD back in the day would have 12 different songs. And those 12 different tracks They have different points, different learning lessons in each one. So you can skip to what you want to hear. You can listen to the whole thing. It's a super cool idea, and it's amazing for people to just understand things better, whether it be college debt, turning an idea into a business, building your investment portfolio. And speaking of investments, Charlotte does break down the GameStop AMC situation for me. I asked her to do it as if I was in kindergarten, and she did it beautifully. So if you're still having trouble understanding that, Charlotte shares her take on it and um, how you can invest wisely if you are going to play those games like those people did following all of those Reddit threads. So you are going to love this episode, and I wanted to make sure that I got it out before Valentine's Day, and this is why. I just got an email. I'm posting a a blog post on Christina all day about Valentine's Day and money and shopping and dates and the whole thing. And something that was in that email that I am including in my blog post is 44% of people say irresponsible spending is a bigger turnoff than bad breath. So this is a very timely episode because pretty soon those masks will come off and we will smell your breath. But guess what? That's not as bad as irresponsible spending. So prepare to learn more about your irresponsible spending and everything else so you can not just make more money, but keep more of that money that you are making. Here is my interview with Charlotte. wonder how some people seem to get a ton of media coverage and you don't? Welcome to Become a Media Maven, where TV reporter, host, and news contributor Christina Nicholson shares years of media experience to help you get the media attention you and your business deserve. And now, to help you master your media coverage, Christina Nicholson. Charlotte, welcome to the Become a Media Maven podcast. I'm excited to have you. Hi, Christina. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. 
I'm excited to hear what you have to say about financial literacy in general and just school all of us because this is something that we don't learn about in school. And it's funny because we go to school to learn how to make money. We go to college to get a good job, to make money. Like everything we do in life is all about making money, but we never actually learn about money itself. Like how to handle it, how to manage it, how to make more, how to keep expenses down, like none of that. And it is your job right now to school people on finances. And at Penny, you actually make it fun and entertaining while educational as well. Yes. Well, thank you for that intro, Christina. That is exactly what we try to do. Um, We are super passionate about financial literacy, and uh, Penny is really the first um, audio streaming app that seeks to reimagine how people learn about finance and and exactly what you said, make it more fun, make it more accessible, less dry, less like you're listening to a finance professor, you know, just go on and on and on. because we really think that having that basic level of financial literacy will help people to become more financially independent and overall find more freedom and happiness in their day-to-day life. Um, so that's really what we're all about. We really, really want to uh, help people to kind of level up their life. And we think that that is possible through education. And you make education fun. Like some of the albums you have on Penny are with some really cool people. One of the most popular is with a woman named Ruth Devereaux. She shares real estate investing advice. You have um, a man named Troy Bolas who sold his first startup for $40 million fresh out of college. You have a YouTuber who specializes in non-traditional investments. You have even a Tom Cruise impersonator. Like you definitely keep it entertaining as well as educational. (laughs) And yeah. There is such a need for this. Why do you think Americans lack financial literacy? Yeah, it's a great question. And it's such an important question. I think really at its core, the education system is broken, right? We are not preparing young people for the real world by giving them just even a basic understanding of how to navigate the financial landscape. Um, how to balance a checkbook, how to uh, think about, you know, investing uh, in a in a retirement plan. Because really, uh, at the end of the day, if you start early, you, because of compounding interest, are going to make, I mean, hundreds of thousands more than people who start late. But most people don't even know that. So I think financial literacy is so, so important. But it's the least taught thing in school. Um, It's not even a requirement in high schools. It's not a requirement or even an offering in colleges. Um, I myself have a degree in finance and I learned all things related to finance before becoming an investment analyst. But even I still struggled with student debt coming out of college. Even I really had to work hard to budget and learn how, how to kind of be smart and savvy with my expenses. And so, you know, these are like, the most critical things to becoming an adult and setting yourself up for success. And it's simply not taught in school. So I completely agree with you. Um, I think it's such an important um, kind of missed opportunity and we want to fill that need. Um, I would love for that to change and and for education systems to really adapt and kind of become more modern um, so that we can provide all young people with this this knowledge and this education. But I think that at its core, um, why people don't have this basic financial literacy and understanding is because it's simply not taught. 
And if your family doesn't sit you down um, when you're young across the dining room table and teach those lessons to you and make it fun and engaging and um, tell you about finance or help you get kind of a leg up in savings, then you're simply not going to know it. And you're not going to, you're not going to seek that information out. Um, because then if you don't know it, um, you're, it's, it's overwhelming. Finance is a huge, huge world. There's so much um, in terms of complexity. And so if you aren't taught even the basics, you can't really start to kind of build on that foundation as you get older. Um, so that's that's kind of my thoughts on why that disparity exists and, and what um, is happening with the education system. And really, that's why we created Penny. And you guys do a great job at Penny at really, I mean, I don't want to say dumbing it down because that doesn't sound nice, but it is complex. <laughs> there are so many things that you can talk about under the finance umbrella and you do yeah. a good job of breaking up the album. So it's like a podcast, but it's not because it's all in an app. And then I love that you call them albums because it really is like back in the day when you had a CD <laughs> and the <laughs> CD had like 12 different tracks with 12 different songs. You have a person create an album and those 12 different tracks are 12 different points. So for example, exactly. I have an album on Penny and you know, for, for one track, I'm talking about how I pay my team. Another track, I'm talking about how I started my business. Another track, I'm talking about how I invested in business coaching. So it really does, yeah. I mean, it makes it easy for the listener to listen to what they, they wanna hear specifically and to just break it down so you know exactly what you're looking for and, and you can find it easily. Um, tell me how, how you got involved with Penny. Your background is in finance. This is something that it's like, it's such a genius idea and it's something that is obviously needed because people are not getting this education anywhere else, even in the education system. So how did this all come about for you? Yeah, um, great question. So I met my founder and CEO back when I was in investment banking and we really clicked um, talking about this opportunity in the world, um, how we kind of live in this dynamic of rent-seeking economics and how people are struggling to get ahead, even though they're working harder than ever before. So we wanted to do something about it. And we didn't, we didn't totally know how that would manifest, right? We, we, you know, we knew it was education based and, and, um, kind of waited to see, it, it took several years to really solidify this idea. Um, but, uh, yeah, we, we like, put our heads together over the course of two or three years and wanted to do exactly what you just said, make it fun, make it accessible, make it um, different than a podcast um, where, you know, episodes are great. And there's like, I love podcasts, but at the end of the day, we, we do want it to be accessible and actionable and have every album broken down into points that the listener can take away from that album and directly apply in their own life that same day. You don't have to have a fancy degree. You don't have, have to have millions to invest. You can listen to an album and everything can be applicable to you. So it took a couple years for us to solidify the idea. And then at the beginning of last year when we started operations uh, and then COVID hit, we just, I mean, doubled down because we believed everyone was going to need this information and this support even more than usual. Um, I, you know, they say 70% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. And, uh, and suddenly it's like in COVID, people aren't even getting paychecks anymore. So how do you navigate that world 
um, if you don't know how to, you know, navigate the financial landscape. Um, so yeah, that was, we, we met in finance. We agreed that the financial system was broken. Uh, we wanted to change it and knew it would take something dramatic and external as a catalyzing factor to really make a difference in the financial world. So that's, uh, that's kind of how Penny was born. And we're really excited that it's, uh, that it's here and that it's taking off. Okay. I need you to explain something to me like I'm in kindergarten Okay, and I've heard a couple (laughs) of explanations and I think I get it, but for our listeners, please explain the situation with people on Reddit saying, go buy GameStop and AMC stock, and then it goes up and then the big guys on wall street get mad, like explain it like I'm in kindergarten. Yes. Okay. Okay. Great question. Very timely. Um, What's happening right now is the people on Reddit are trying to essentially stick it to Wall Street a little bit. They're trying to squeeze Wall Street uh, by purchasing these um, shares in a company that Wall Street has a short against. So to explain shorts in in the easiest non-financial way possible, if your friend bought an iPhone, and they paid um, $650 for it. And then the day that it arrives, you went and you borrowed that iPhone and you sold it. Um, Say you sold it for uh, $650 because you believe that the price is gonna go down. So now you have to go and find that same iPhone to give back to your friend because your friend's gonna be arguably pretty pissed at you, right? They're gonna want it back pretty soon. Um, But if you say, you know, hey, I'm gonna borrow your iPhone until Friday. Um, and I'll get you an iPhone back on Friday. So now your job is to go find that iPhone at a lesser price. Same iPhone, you know, silver, 16 gigabytes, whatever. So if you look on Craigslist, if you look for sales, if you look for some sort of arbitrage in the market so you can purchase that same exact iPhone for less money, um, thinking that, you know, it just came out, but there's going to be a pop in the the price of it and it'll go down by the end of the week. So um, you're essentially betting that you can find that phone for less. So um, Friday comes around, you get a, an iPhone, same thing off of Craigslist. Maybe you pay $550 and you return that phone back to your friend. You just made $100. Um, that's kind of how this works, except in this situation, um, your friend that you're borrowing from is the the markets. Um, so you'd be borrowing from you know a hedge fund or a broker dealer. And um, similarly, you know when you're when you're selling that same uh, share in the markets, it's, you're selling it in the market still to other people. Um, so effectively, if the, if the price doesn't go down, say, um, you know, Steve Jobs comes out and says, this is the best iPhone of all time. We only have limited edition. And suddenly the price spikes, right? That price goes up to $750. You still have to buy that same iPhone and you still have to get your friend that iPhone back on Friday. So then you become out a hundred dollars. Um, so in this situation, the the hedge funders were betting that the price would go down, and these redditors uh, effectively are boosting the market and boosting the price and and taking it to astronomical levels, even though the fundamentals of the company aren't great, right? Nothing has changed about GameStop. It's a bit of a dying company, you know. Not a lot of people uh, go to get their gaming supplies in store. Um, we're also not many people go into store in general anymore. <laughs> um, and so the fundamentals of the company are not great, but Reddit is boosting up this price. And those hedge funders still have to buy those shares 
they still have to make good on the thing that they borrowed. So um, effectively, they're causing billions and billions of dollars of losses to these hedge funds. And it's kind of a, a crazy thing to see because that type of power dynamic has never existed on Wall Street. Um, so, you know, regardless of how you feel about what they're doing, I think the potential victim, um, you know, whatever side you fall on, whether you are like, yeah, stick it to Wall Street, or you're like, whoa, that's crazy and dangerous. Um, you know, everyone has a different opinion. But I think the real true potential danger in this situation are the novice investors who might get sucked into that hype and not understand that, you know, Wall Street bets on Reddit saying go all in on GameStop is not like, oh, go invest your really hard-earned life savings into this stock because it's going to make you a millionaire overnight. Does that make sense? That, like, it does make sense. No, that was that was a great analogy. And I have seen since this happened, people are in different groups and they're saying, let's do the same thing with this stock and let's do it again with this one. And right. I can see where you said people don't know any better and they think, oh, the same thing's going to happen to me because they hear a success story, you know, from this guy on Reddit who made a hundred thousand bucks. So they want to do the same thing, but it doesn't always work out well for, I mean, it really is like gambling, right? It's like going to Vegas and just laying money down and crossing your fingers. Exactly. Exactly. And so that's the thing. I think if you want to take part in this and you think it's a fun movement, go for it, but don't invest anything that you can't stand to lose. Just like you said, if you want to take, you know, your literal beer money or your Vegas money and throw it into the markets in these stocks, have fun, you know, enjoy yourself. But don't invest anything you can't stand to lose as part of this movement, because that at the end of the day is what's going to probably happen. And so, you know, the poor novice investors who are getting sucked in and investing tens of thousands into these stocks, they're, they're going to be disappointed when they come back down and they realize that it's not as solid of an American company as, as they, you know, are being led to believe. So that's where it does become kind of predatory, these different groups trying to pop different stocks. And the SEC does have regulations around pump and dumps or, you know, market manipulation. So people do have to be really careful with the ways that they're approaching um, these types of kind of movements. So you mentioned, I mean, we have this situation, who knows, you know, how many people, <laughs> maybe they've made a lot of money, maybe they've lost a lot of money playing these, yeah. these, these games as of late. <laughs> and then you also have a lot of people who their finances are just like crazy depending on what their situation is during COVID. So as people deal with lots of changes, maybe it's stressful, maybe it's anxiety, maybe it's, you know, a, a completely different work situation, family, kids, whatever it is, what kind of right. advice do you offer them? And I know that's a hard question to answer because everybody's situation is different. So like, how do you tackle questions like that as it relates to how do you deal with stress and anxiety about finances? Because it is a loaded right. question. Absolutely. Yeah. And like you said, everyone's situation is so different when it comes to money and uh, expenses. And I think my best form of advice is to really look at your inflows versus your outflows. Um, a lot of people who maybe have lost their job and are surviving on savings, um, do everything that you possibly can to reduce your expenditures. Um, whether that is, you know, put a pause on your streaming accounts or your Spotify accounts, all of the things that you believe are necessary to your day-to-day -day life, really take a hard look at that and see what is absolutely critical during this time frame. And if you're really stressed, maybe do the same thing regardless of whether you've lost your job or not. Um, I, I had a period where 
I really had to downsize my life in order to pay off student loans and still meet my daily, daily like living expenses. And so I had to be extremely frugal. And it is possible to go down to the bare bones of your life and teaches you some great lessons along the way. So that's one I would recommend. Um, also, I think for people who are struggling and maybe stuck at home during the pandemic, if you have an ability to freelance your skill set or take on little side hustles or you know side gigs, there is so much opportunity um, on the internet. Uh, you know, even delivering groceries if you feel comfortable, if you don't have you know a high risk home environment. Um, I think there's so many different ways you can also increase your your inflows. And so if you're if you're able to increase inflows while reducing your expenses, it really helps to kind of pad your financial system. And that overall will help your anxiety levels. I love that. And you have literally in Penny, you have an album with plenty of examples, like like the ones yes. you just said. And I mean, if yeah. you think about it, this is a saying, I feel like this is a saying rich people say, my personal opinion, when they say money can't buy you happiness. <laughs> I'm always like, give me a situation and I will give you an example of how money can fix it. And I say that just yes. because money touches everything. Like it has a connection to anything. Like people will say money can't buy you health. I'm like, do you live in the United States? Like you right. can't get good health care in this country unless you are rich. And mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not saying directly money buys you happiness. However, money does touch everything. It's the reason you go to school. It's the reason you go to college. Like people spend their whole lives paying off college loans to work a job that they got the college degree to get, but then with their money, they're paying off college loans for the rest of their life. Like exactly. it's, it's like surrounded by you 24 seven. So I, I really suggest that, that you listening, you check out Penny, you even break up the albums, you have different categories. So people can check out different things as it, as it relates to them in their life right now, or maybe, you know, in a year or two for now. So like an example, you have Ruth Devereaux talking about real estate investing. That's something that's been on my list of things to do for a while. I mean, ever since, you know, I've become an HGTV watcher, I just want to, you know, flip the houses <laughs> and do the whole thing. And I've read yes. books on it. And you're, you're actually, I mean, you're, you're talking to people who have been there, done that, who are making great livings doing it. And that's just one of many examples. Can you run through some of the different categories that you have in Penny? So people, when they download the app, they know exactly where to, where to jump to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so like you said, we have a number of different categories. Uh, we have small business, real estate, savings, debt, stocks and options, which is investments, uh, careers and startups. And, you know, like you said, I think, yeah, some of the most popular ones right now, especially are helping people to find those side hustles, um, you know, the, the kind of alternate streams of income that can help them to create um, or kind of pad their lifestyle. Um, and yeah, really love that. I support passive income strategies so, so much. It's something I'm so passionate about. Um, and yeah, definitely lots, lots of good insight in the app. Um, so highly recommend that to people who are looking for that kind of uh, insight and information. And I just want to go back to what you said too. I think you're so right. Money can't provide you happiness, but what it does give you is freedom. And I think when you have true freedom, you then get to decide. You get to decide what you want to invest in, what will bring you the most peace and happiness and fulfillment um, 
with how you approach your days. What what business do you want to start? How do you want to invest in your community? Where do you want to live? So money can't buy you happiness, but it really provides you freedom to choose in life. And I think that is where the happiness lies. A hundred percent. And something that I used to do is I used to pull these arbitrary numbers. Like, you know, you, you, you get your goals for your business and you say, oh, I want to make a million dollars. And then you really break it down. Well, why do I want to make a million dollars? And then you break down like everything you want, everything you need to be happy. And it's like, oh, I only need 200,000. I don't need a million. So why would I do all this to make a million if really I only need 200,000? And I think people kind of get sucked up in comparison, what they see others doing and what they think they're doing based on an Instagram post here or there. And they let that cloud their judgment of maybe what they really want or even what they really want to work for. Like building a multi-million dollar business isn't easy. Do you really want to spend the time and investments to do that? I mean, it's different for everybody. So I think, um, what would you say? I mean, what would you advise to people, especially people who are side hustling, which I love the side hustle. They're side hustling or they're they're growing a business. I mean, when it comes to money goals, what do you tell people? I think that, so for me, um, I really try to stay away from those comparisons because somebody who is going to say, oh, you know, I built a multi-million dollar business. They're not talking about what they're taking home, right? So people say like, oh, I made, you know, six figure, I made like $3 million last year. And it's it's like, okay, what, what, what part of that was actually profit? What did you really net at the end of the day? Because people get so excited comparing themselves to those people when in actuality, that person might take home $200,000 at the end of the day, after all is said and done, publishers are paid, employees are paid, taxes are paid. So, you know, it's so easy to get caught up in comparing yourself to someone who has a better life or, you know, makes more money and looks happier, right? But at the end of the day, I really advise that you do exactly what you just said. Um, Look at where you're currently at and, and what life would really bring you happiness, um, whether that's being a digital nomad and having the freedom to roam around the globe, um, you know, live pretty um, frugally, I guess, depending on where you're going. Um, you know, if you need a certain amount uh, on a month to month basis, like go freelance your skills, get a couple clients, um, you know, live comfortably uh, and meet that goal. If your goal is you you want to start a family, you want to settle down, buy a nice house, um, look at that goal and, and look at the potential ways that you could meet that goal, um, with side hustles with, um, you know, whatever your skill set is, there's probably a market to leverage it. Um, somebody in the world needs your skill set. So whatever that is, you can generate side capital, um, by doing that. And if you break down your, your yearly goal for what you'd need for that house you want to buy or that car you want to buy or that vacation you want to go on. Um, or, you know, the real estate property you want to invest in so you can continue to perpetuate your wealth, um, then, you know, break that down on a month to month basis and try to chunk it out into small goals for yourself. So you know what kind of side income you need to be making so that you'll hit your goal at the end of the year. Um, I love doing that. I think week weekly goals, um, they give you that little hit of dopamine anytime you reach them. And so it becomes this kind of self-perpetuating um, you know, happiness related to money. Anytime you you meet your monthly or your weekly goal on what you wanted to generate for income that month, so it it becomes like addictive and fun, and it's a game that you can kind of play. And at the end, 
you wind up winning either way because you generated huge amounts of additional side income and you met that goal you were looking to meet. And now you can treat yourself to whatever investment you were looking to invest in. I read a book a few years ago called The 12-Week Year, and it was about setting a goal for like that quarter, and then you backtrack it, and it will tell you what to do each week, and then it tells you what to do that day. So that's how I set my goals and how I honestly put what I need to put in my calendar in my calendar, and that is what gets done. How do you set your goals to achieve them since you said you do it weekly? Yeah, I love that. Um, So great book that you mentioned. Um, And one that I really like is called One Big Thing. Um, I can't remember the author, actually. uh, But it's called One Big Thing. And it's it really talks about setting one big goal that you want to accomplish, whether that is your yearly goal, or whether that is um, breaking it down into each month, um, you have one big thing that you're looking to accomplish and then break that down into week by week. Like in order to accomplish this goal, I need to do this, um, you know, for the whole month. Um, and then I break that down even further. Like if my goal is to, you know, generate, uh, a million users using the penny app by the end of this year, then I'm going to break that down into month by month incremental goals. And then week by week, you know, it's those real granular goals. Like what do I actually have to be tangibly doing um, in order to meet that goal for that month? So um, that's just an example. But, um, you know, I use it even in my personal life. I like to break it down and I'll put even calendar blocks on my Google Calendar um, for like what my goals are for that day. Uh, If I split it down into, you know, two big blocks or um, kind of estimate like the time it'll take me to do that, then at the end of the week, I know I, you know, either did or did not do everything I, I needed to do that week. Um, if I have a calendar alert and I'm like, yeah, I can't, I can't do that right now. Um, I try to move it so that I don't just forget about it. Um, and then you really get a sense of, um, yeah, if you, if you wound up meeting those goals at the end of the week. I love that. The, the one big thing, I know the book cover, I don't know who wrote it. I am going to like to it in the show notes, um, as well as the 12 week year I read, I guess it's like the sister book called essentialism, which is the Mm. same idea, like focus on one thing and go all the way into that one thing. Don't do a little bit five different ways because then you're really accomplishing nothing. So I will link to those books in the show notes because y'all know I love a good book recommendation. Um, So those are in the show notes for this episode. Charlotte, is there anything else? Obviously, I'm going to link to Penny. You can visit penny.fm directly. You can also download it on your phone where you get your apps um, and it will be linked in the show notes for this episode so you can master your money. Charlotte, is there anything else I should have asked or anything else? that you want to add? Um, You know, I just want to leave everyone with um, just an affirmation. Wherever you're at in your financial journey, whatever is stressing you out right now, it's okay. And we have all been there before. I think anxiety over money can be so consuming. And so I just want to, I just want to highlight for everyone that you're enough as you are And you're a work in progress human. And that is okay. That's beautiful. So wherever you're at in your financial literacy journey, just accept it, love yourself and and push forward and set those goals. Um, I I really, um, yeah, I just want everyone to to feel comfortable and um, inspired to start this journey or continue this journey um, and push forward to achieve their goals in life. And Charlotte, don't you think, like I would assume 
that people do get so anxious and stressed about money because of the lack of financial literacy. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's so crazy. Like, I hope the lawmakers and educators and whoever decides what the hell is taught in schools and colleges across the country are listening because if you are going to sit students in seats all day every day and tell them how to make money you got to tell them at some point how to manage it because it's just mind-blowing I mean we could talk about so many things on this topic I mean it it just goes in so many different ways so thank you Charlotte you have been amazing I will link to everything that you mentioned and that we chatted about in the show notes of this episode so people can find it easily if people want to connect with you personally where should we send them Yes, um, you can follow me at Charlotte DeMocker on Instagram um, or feel free to find me on LinkedIn. I, I love to help people and field as many uh, direct responses as I can. So if anyone has questions, feel free to reach out to me. I'm always available. Okay, perfect. I will link to your Instagram and your LinkedIn page in the show notes for this episode. Thank you so much, Christina. And thank you for having me. Make sure you check out those show notes. You can find them at becomeamediamaven.com. We've got some book recommendations in there per usual, where you can find Charlotte, and of course, where you can download that app called Penny. If you have any questions, make sure you hit up Charlotte on Instagram or LinkedIn, and you know you can find me at Christina All Day. Thank you so much for being here. I will see you again next week on another episode of Become a Media Maven.